Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. James Van Praagh, spiritual medium and American author, once wrote, In the spirit world, there is no time as we know it. Past and future do not exist. All time is now. The spirit world does seem to run with their own set of rules. Or perhaps it's that they run with less rules. The constraints of our world, we feel, but do they? Or are the constraints they feel just something we can't fully understand yet? Will we ever fully understand? Or do we have to wait to become part of the spiritual world to fully grasp what it is? Is it possible that with one's deep desire to connect, we can learn more without physically crossing over? I think many things are possible. Tonight, we will hear stories from individuals who have had their fair share of paranormal activity. And like a lot of things, we can learn by listening to those who have experience. So, let's get started, shall we? When I was 13, my family moved into a home in a nice neighborhood in Tucson, Arizona. It was a relatively new building, 2002, and was part of a very nice subdivision. I lived in the house from the age 13 to roughly 19 years old. There was a year in college dorms in the middle. No one had died in the house that I could find, and overall it didn't have any of those haunted house red flags. Also, for context, although I'm not currently very religious, I grew up in an extremely Christian religious family. The entire time I lived in the house, I had horrible nightmares, to the point where I was scared to go to sleep. My parents would sort of play it off like it was nothing. My parents were on one side of the house, and they had their own bathroom. On my side of the house, it was just me, and no one used my bathroom. At night, I would hear the sink was on, and the toilet flushing. No one was ever in the bathroom when I looked. I tried to play it off like it was nothing. I would also hear scratching in the attic, relatively frequently. My childhood home had a stray cat that lived in our attic, so I quickly explained that away as likely some sort of animal. Even though this was a newer house with a sealed attic, and we never found an animal. I thought that all of this was just happening to me. Eventually, my mom and dad started talking about footsteps that they heard at night. My mom said that they would walk around the house, but she didn't feel any negative energy. So she thought maybe it was an angel or a deceased loved one protecting us. Insert eye roll at the angel comment here. My dad said the footsteps happened every night. I stayed awake one night, and sure as shit, it sounded like someone shuffling through the house. All of this seemed like pretty harmless activity, until one night in my late teens, I woke up to find that my bedroom door was closed. I had a mirror on the back of my bedroom door, 
and I was always afraid of seeing something in the mirror, so I kept the door open and the hall light on. Everyone in the house knew about my obsession with keeping the door open. Later, when I asked about it, no one in my family said they shut my door. Upon seeing the door shut, I immediately panicked. I got out of bed, heart pounding, and I tried not to look in the mirror. I opened the door, took a deep breath, and walked back to my bed. I remember thinking something like, this is the part of a horror movie when I would get attacked. And then I laid down in my bed. The next part. I'm not kidding. And I know people will call BS and say that it didn't happen. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, this happened to me. And I can't explain it to save my life. The second I laid down in bed, it was like the covers were pulled over my face. And someone was holding them down over my head. It felt like hands were all over my body, pinning me down. I felt like I was burning all over. And I could hear the sound of firewood burning in my ears. I could also hear laughing. I couldn't move, and I felt like I was going to die. Regardless of your views on religion, all I could think to do was pray. I don't know if I prayed out loud or really loud in my head, but I said something like, in the name of Jesus, stop, three times. I remember very specifically on the third time, everything evaporated. My house was quiet and I ran. I bolted into my parents' room covered in sweat and sobbing. My dad said that it was just a nightmare. I got angry and yelled at him for not listening to me. I wouldn't go back into my room. My mom took it a little more seriously. The next day, she had had the house anointed and prayed over. And everything stopped. The footsteps. The nightmares. The toilet flushing. Everything. We eventually moved out of the house and nothing like that has ever happened again. But it seems that everywhere I go since then, weird shit still happens to me periodically, but not at that scale. Like I said, I'm not super religious anymore, but this is one of those things I can't really explain. I know it happened. My family knows it happened. I can't offer any logical explanation for what happened. first post was about seeing a face in the window. This story picks up in a different duplex, but in the same tiny town that I saw the face in the window. Literally, just a couple doors down, on the same block. The two duplexes were side by side. I saw the face when I lived in the left unit, and then I moved to the right-hand side, which was the easiest move I'd ever done. So, I moved into this new duplex as my sister was moving for work and I couldn't afford the rent on my own. Two of my co-workers lived there and their rooms were upstairs and my room was downstairs in the partially unfinished basement. At first, 
Everything was normal, and I got settled in. My room was big enough that I had my bed in the corner, and enough room for a two-seater couch, my TV, and an Xbox. And my one roommate had his gaming PC set up in the open, unfurnished portion of the basement. I began getting an uneasy feeling at night in my room, though. I would often feel like I was being watched, and would think that I could hear the odd noise or a bang through the headset while I was playing games or watching a movie. There was never anything there, though, when I looked, and I did have roommates in bedrooms above me, so it was easily explainable. One night that all changed, though, as I headed to bed. I'd been feeling like I was being watched all evening. As I switched off the light and crawled into bed, all was normal. After a few minutes in bed, I felt really anxious. I could feel someone in my room. You could just sense them. A quick glance in the dark didn't show me anything, so I grabbed my phone for light. Nothing there. My mind is playing tricks on me, I'm sure. So I turn off my phone light, and I try to get comfortable again. As my eyes adjust to the dark, suddenly the shape of a tall man with a hat is barely visible in the corner of my room. A slightly deeper shadow than the other shadows around my room. I grab my phone light again, but once again, nothing is there in the light. I hid the light under the blankets, and the shadow figure returned in the dark, just seemingly appearing from the shadow in the corner next to my door. My light switch was actually outside my room, a weird quirk, but it was an unfinished basement, and my room wasn't actually intended to be a bedroom. So I didn't know what to do, but being too freaked out to sleep, at that point, I decided to use my phone light to get me to my TV for more light, and then turn my bedroom light on, one step at a time. I ended up watching a show to calm me down, and eventually fell asleep on my couch with the TV and lights on. I began seeing the shadow man fairly often after that, even in the semi-dark with my TV on. He never stepped out of that corner, just always seemed to be standing there, watching me. And so I got used to his presence. His presence was unnerving at first, but I realized he didn't give off any threatening vibes like the face I'd seen watching me through the window a few months before moving. He was just there. In my research I did after the activity escalated, it sounds like most experiences with these shadow figures are like that. They are watchers. Somehow a neutral entity. third grade. I'd been at a friend's house for a sleepover. There were about four or five girls there, and since my friend shared a room with her little brother, we'd made our beds and pillow forts in the basement. My friend told us that she never slept in the basement before, 
that she was so excited that her parents were letting us do it. We had so much space to ourselves, and the basement wasn't a traditionally creepy one. It was furnished. So, no bad feelings going into this shindig. It was later that things got honestly terrifying. We'd fallen asleep to some movie that one of the girls had put on. All I can remember about it is that most of us didn't want to watch it. In the night, I was woken up by someone ripping off my sleeping bag. I sat up in a bit of a daze, but also a little bit cranky that somebody had done that. I looked around and I saw nobody else awake. But I knew somebody had to be, so I sort of crawled around looking at all of the girls to see if one of them would smile. But they were out cold. A few even snoring. I moved to lay back down, grabbing my sleeping bag, deciding that I must have just kicked the covers off. But then I heard something, something fall and hit the lightly carpeted floor. I opened my eyes, laid there a minute, sat up quickly, and looked around the floor. But I saw nothing. Then I see a small shadow as it darts across the bottom of the staircase and into a wall. So I turn and I try to see what could have made that shadow, where it could have gone. I turn every which way I can think of. I even stand up in my sleeping bag, doing full circles. And nothing. Everyone was still just asleep. I slowly started to sit back down, and for the rest of the night, I barely slept. I truly don't know what the hell it was, but I know the shadow itself resembled something upright. Small, like my height, but upright. And after seeing that, I wasn't so sure that I had just kicked my covers off, either. I didn't spend too many more nights at that friend's house. I actually didn't do many sleepovers in general, unless they were at my house. My house didn't have anything like that going on. Yeah, I always thought it was way cooler not having small shadows run around while I slept. I don't remember when this exactly happened. I just remember that I was in high school. I'm 26 now. So years ago, my best friend had just recently got back in contact with his biological dad. He didn't have a good relationship with him as he left my friend and his mom early on and became a drug addict. That's not important. What's important is that my friend started to have a relationship with him again. My friend had invited me and a couple of our other friends to go hang out and spend the night at his dad's. There were four of us in total, including me. My friend's dad was a bit weird. We decided to walk to the corner store, and he asked us to basically steal a couple of traffic cones the city had out for construction nearby on our way back. So I didn't really like him, and I didn't take a lot of what he said seriously didn't seem like a great person still. 
So when he told us later that day that the second floor of his barn or work shed was haunted, I just scoffed. Figured that he was just trying to scare his son and his friends. We straight up told him BS. So he took us to his computer and showed us some pictures that he'd taken up there. He told us about this weird mist that only appears in photos. If you just shine a light through it, you won't see it. Sure enough, in the photos, there's a weird mist. I just think it looks like dust, until he reaches for a specific photo. When it pops up, the first thing I see is a skull with faded red eyes. The mist in the photo was forming this skull, clear as day. We were all freaked out by this, but naturally, being dumb teens, we want to investigate. We got flashlights, and I grabbed my camcorder to use as a voice recording device. We didn't have much else. I think I could have used my phone at the time, but I had no idea how to do that. Before we head up in the barn, my friend's dad warns us not to move anything up there because the spirit doesn't like it when stuff gets moved. So we head up the stairs. While we're up there, it's basically pitch black, since there's no windows. But if there was, it was later in the day, so it would still be pretty dark. We also all get this extremely uneasy feeling as soon as we reach the top of the stairs. First thing we test is the mist. We shine the flashlights and just see random crap and tools up there. Looks like a hoarder's house. But no mist or dust or anything of the sort. So I pull out my phone and snap a couple pictures with the flash on. And sure enough, when we look at the pictures, there's a misty fog that can be seen in the pictures. But not with just the flashlight. Nothing was forming it. It was just random shapes. But it still creeped us out. Next thing I did was hit record on the camcorder, and I started just asking random questions. You know, like the ghost hunters on TV did at the time. I don't remember exactly what I asked, but I'm pretty sure they were typical. Who are you? How did you die? As I'm asking questions, one of my friends accidentally kicked a dumbbell, and we just get super silent as we hear it roll for a few seconds. As we sat in the dark, with no one saying a word, my best friend pipes in really quick saying, maybe we should leave. We all agree, and start hurriedly going down the stairs. Our two friends are in front of me, I'm second to last and my best friend is behind me. As we're going down, my best friend behind me starts shouting, go, 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 hurry, and starts like shoving us to go faster. When we got to the bottom, He told us that he felt something big and menacing behind him and was terrified to look back. While we were down there, we also went through the camcorder to see if I picked anything up. After one of my questions, you can hear someone clearly say, Get out. In a calm, deep voice. I've never been to that house again. I really wish I could find that camcorder because I guarantee that recording is still on it.
When I was younger, elementary school age, I spent a spring and a summer living with my mom's aunt, so my great aunt, while my mom was in and out of the hospital. She owned a farm, my great aunt. It was a bit far from our house in Minneapolis, and though her house was much smaller than ours, she owned the several acres that surrounded it. She had a fully functioning dairy farm with plenty to do. Needless to say, I did a lot of farm work and eventually got really close with her horses and the cows. I should be clear that these paranormal experiences, they weren't terrifying, but they took some getting used to. The creepy part about her house wasn't the woods that surrounded it or the animals or their predators. It was a doll within my great aunt's home. A doll. A truly ugly porcelain doll. It looked like it had been put through the ringer. I remember the first time I saw it. It wasn't all the times that I'd stayed there before. It was the first night I'd been there to stay for that very long season. My great aunt had this small nook off the side of the kitchen. Almost like a garage, but there was no door separating it from the kitchen. Just an open doorway. Before I'd come to stay, I think this area was just filled with stuff. Now, it was more organized stuff, with a cot, and a shelf holding what were my great-aunt's idea of toys. The first thing I saw was the doll. It sort of ruined the experience of her showing me all the other toys. I was listening as she walked through each toy. A deck of cards, a teddy bear, box of stickers. But when she got to the ugly doll, I was engrossed with everything. Its hair... It looked like dreads, but really it was just blonde curls that had been matted together. The face was complete with a crack on the left side of the cheek, and it was missing almost all of its paint. Only a few outlines remained, and one pupil, making the whole face just that much worse. I honestly couldn't tell you the color that the dress was supposed to be, All I know is that it was dirty and misshapen. My great-aunt went on to explain that this was her good luck charm, that the doll was very special and I shouldn't be afraid of it. She's been in this house almost as long as me, and that's a long time, she told me. I didn't want to be rude, so I told her that it was nice and that I would be careful with it. Then I grabbed a box of stickers before leaving the room. That night, the first night staying in my nook, I was woken up to the sound of something hitting the floor. Immediately, I moved my gaze towards the shelf of toys. Ugly doll is sitting there, but I have to ask myself, was she looking over here before? Okay, so maybe you could call this a case of first night away from home jitters, but she or it had a habit of moving around. Each day I would come in from doing small chores with the horses and cows. I would notice that the doll was turned toward the window, ever so slightly. I would mention this to my aunt. She would laugh and say things like, Well, she's just keeping an eye on things. They are anyway. I had decided to test my theory. I sat the doll up straight, and I faced her all the way to the right, away from the window and then I met my aunt outside to exercise the horses. 
when we got back inside. Ugly Doll was facing the window. I started to get familiar with the doll, and after several weeks, I didn't feel bothered by it anymore. Basically, I liked the doll. The doll would keep moving, and I would take note but brush it off, as, oh, she must have been keeping an eye on me as I slept. And it made me feel safe. Then I started having these dreams. Dreams where I couldn't move, I guess like sleep paralysis, but there was no large shadow beings or men in hats, and I wasn't seeing anything. I just heard things. I heard people walking around the house, talking, voices I didn't recognize, and it was like they were too far away to hear exactly what they were saying, a man and a woman, except maybe I did recognize the lady's voice a bit. I would think that to myself when this happened. Each time I'd get to that thought, I was engulfed with a strong white light, followed by waking up, with full control of my body and the room the lighting on the ceiling. It would look just as it had a few moments ago in my dream. Only now there was no sound. At first, I would even get up out of the cot and go to the kitchen area and the rest of the house looking for someone or someones to be there. Every time, there was no one. Even my great aunt would usually be outside by the time I got up. This is how I finally decided that these must be dreams, since no real people ever seemed to be there. The more this happened, the more I listened. It sounded like a couple. Two people who loved each other. Lots of laughing, exchanging stories of their day. I recall one of the last times I had a dream like that. It ended with me hearing someone call from the other room. They were calling out a name... Lydia, time for school. It was a lady's voice, and the name that she was calling out was my great aunt's name, Lydia. Then I woke up. It was, as usual, the same morning lightness in the room. I remember we went to visit my mom for a few hours every other weekend. During one of our last visits, shortly before she was released... I was telling her about the doll, asking if she ever played with it when she was my age. My mom had this look on her face like, oh my god. But not angry, just disbelief. Saying that she couldn't believe that my aunt still had that thing. How old it was and so on. And then she told me, yes, she had remembered and played with the doll. While she said this, she was still sort of giving my great aunt a look. Then my great aunt said to her, something like, don't worry, I haven't shared any of my stories with her yet. Besides, she's not afraid of it, are you? I answered back that I wasn't afraid at all, that I loved the doll. Instantly, I was curious though. What had she meant, her stories? But since I didn't think my mom would let my aunt tell me there, I waited until we were driving home to the farm, asking if she would please tell me some of her stories. I told her that even though the doll was ugly, I wasn't frightened of it at all. After laughing and telling me that she's not ugly, she's just old, 
She said only if I promised not to get scared would she tell me the story of her doll. I promised. My great-grandpa remarried my great-aunt's mom, and they raised my great-aunt in the house farm that she'd taken over. So anyways, my great-aunt's parents bought her the doll on her fifth birthday. It was her favorite doll, and she took it everywhere for years. Eventually, she wouldn't take it places, and she just left it at home on her shelf. The same shelf that it sat on today in the nook. When my great-aunt was in high school, her mother died suddenly in a car accident. She said that when she got home from school, the doll was sitting in the middle of her bed, but her father hadn't moved it. She started keeping it close to her from that day forward, usually at her bedside, always where she slept. One night, she said that she was having a dream about her mom, but it was interrupted as she felt something hit her in the face. She woke up to find that it was the doll. It had fallen on her face somehow, from her side table. What she really noticed, though, was a barn fire that looked to have just started. Panicked, she woke up her father, and together, they managed to get the animals out and get the fire under control. Something had chewed through the wires near the main circuit breaker, which was a small barn next to the large barn and stables with the horses. She swears this was her mother and attributed it to the doll. Knowing had it not smacked her in the face, she probably would have kept on dreaming, leaving her and her father with a horrible discovery in the morning. From that moment forward, she knew that what she'd been feeling and experiencing was her mother's presence, and that somehow her or her spirit was connected to that doll. She started noticing the doll moving almost immediately, and like me, wasn't scared by it, though her good luck charm, because it was her mother, but also because she truly felt protected, and that she always had someone to talk to, that her mother was still looking out for her even when she was gone. I had asked, what about great-grandpa? Where did he go? She smiled and said, they are together, silly. Can't you hear them both? I hear them all the time. Like in your dreams? I asked. She didn't answer right away. I don't know if they're dreams. They're more like living memories. Does that make sense? For some reason, it really did. What I'd been experiencing didn't feel exactly like a dream. So somehow I guess I was tapping into those memories whether it was the doll, the house, or something else. It was something. The house, the doll, they were special. My uncle on my dad's side owns the property now, and every time I travel back home, I go to visit. And I always make sure the doll is properly displayed. He doesn't move anything around in that room. As he puts it, things start getting funny around there when he does. The last time I went out there was about a year ago, before the pandemic, and he asked if I wanted to just take the darn thing home, which naturally I declined. I just knew it wasn't right to move all of them away from that house. The doll had always belonged there, and so we'll keep it that way.
Well, friends, it appears we've reached the end of the darkest hour. But be sure to join me every Friday night right here on the Darkest Hour YouTube channel. And if you love the darkest hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button and tell all your friends. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me. Amanda, darkest hour at gmail.com. Stay spooky.